0: Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present. Father, for every person in this room, every person in the overflow, every person at home online, we thank you that your spirit is not limited by location. We acknowledge you are here, that you are speaking, that you are moving. If you're hungry for an encounter, for a word from God today, out of your mouth, would you say, speak to me, Holy Spirit. Mm. Praise you, God. Praise you. We worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We worship you. Speak, Lord, we pray hallelujah you may take your seats this morning stay with me for a moment thank you Ben. you can go alex just stay for a moment oh what a wonderful glorious morning to be in church all the people of god said amen all the people of god said amen oh, i love what the bible says in hebrews about not forsaking together the gathering not forsake, the gathering together. And I want to encourage you, I commend you, those that are here, those that are in the overflow, those that are at home, hey, if you can make it next week, come next week, because there's something special that happens when the people of God gather together. It's beautiful to meet in your homes, but it's even better to meet together, because there's some things that God speaks in the corporate that He doesn't speak in the private. It's just the way that God works. He's a He's a trying God. He exists in relationship. I love that. I love the fact that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit exists together as one. And He wants us to come together. Amen. such a joy and privilege for my wife Sally and I to be with you. We had a great day yesterday. We're going to have a great time tonight. But there's no time like the present. Are you ready? Before I get into the Word, before I dismiss Alex, I just... I just want to give you this word as I was praying, just two things before I get into the, the message for today. And it's a prophetic word, it's not just a nice sermon. I've never, it's Father's something he's just downloading to me at the moment. But before I do that, I, I saw the word regional very clearly, uh, capital letters. I, I see in the spirit, I, I not only hear what God's saying, but I often see what He's saying. And I see if it's capital, I see if it's bold. And I got it in there, in this bold and capital regional. And I felt God say that He wants to expand your sphere of influence. Does anyone want to receive that as a word from God? He wants to expand your sphere of influence. I knew He had said this, and this was um, a week or so ago. And then on Friday morning, two days ago, my dad texted me, as he often does, and I text him before he's ministering. And he said in the context of his text to me, I quote, This is what my dad said. I feel that at some point in your weekend of ministry, in that, and he put one word in capitals, region, that this phrase will be significant. These two shall become one. These two shall become one. And as I thought about that instantly in my spirit, God had told me in the region, God's going to expand your sphere of influence. And through my dad, and unknowing nothing of what I had down. He said there's something significant in this region that the two will become one. And I want to prophesy ahead of time that I I feel there's going to come a time where there's going to be two that will want to become one, two churches that say, Jeremy Jacinta, generations, can we actually come and be under your mantle, under your anointing, your grace? Can we actually combine? And I see that your influence is going to spread, not just by you going out, but churches around saying, hey, we've done it ourselves, we've done it, and we've done it tough. We see a grace, we see an anointing. Can we come and be a part of it? And you're going to have different generations, churches. Amen, amen, amen. That's a good word. The next thing I felt is I got the phrase mindset shift. How many people know that we need mindset shifts? How many people know that even if you love God, that as you go along, you can get have your mindset on something different than what God wants? And we need a mindset shift. And this was the word that God gave me. And this is for us as a church. Everyone say this is for us. As a church, a mindset shift from a nice community church to a dangerous transformational church. From a nice community church. Bless you, brother. I'm going to release you now because I I feel I'm about to launch. So um, from a nice community church. It's, It's awesome. That this church is nice. It's awesome that we love coming together. Community is great. I've just said God exists in community. Amen. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit exists in community. But there is a shift coming from it's a nice community church. We like to come. We like to be here. This is nice to be in a dangerous transformational church. Dangerous to who? Not to people. Dangerous to the powers of darkness, dangerous to the principalities and the powers that are over this region. And you better believe there are some, but we need to have insight in the Spirit, wisdom in the Spirit. We need to take authority over it. God is looking for a people that rise up and say, my life does not exist for me just to be blessed and nice and comfortable and safe. We are part of God's transformative power and work on this earth. And in this region, this world needs the church to rise up not in militancy against people. Other religions do that in the name of God and destroy people. But the people of God rise up, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and forces. We are dangerous to the enemy. Come on. The the, the devils and the seven sons of Sceva said, we know Jesus. We know about Paul. But who are you? We know who Jesus is. And we've heard about this Paul. I want to declare, that the demons of hell should say we know who Jesus is and we've heard about these generation church people. They are dangerous in the kingdoms of this world because they're turning the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of lights. I'm not coming here to preach a nice little Jesus loves me message. I believe it with all my heart, but it doesn't stop with Jesus loves me. It stops with, come on, Jesus loves me. Now we're going to take as many people as possible out of darkness into light. Amen. I could almost preach myself happy this morning. I want to talk to you about the church that Jesus is coming back for. The church that Jesus is coming back and never shared any of this anywhere. Something God's downloading to me and we're going to walk through this because if we don't have the right picture, um, we can't end up in the right place. We walk towards the picture that we have in our minds and we will only end up in the right place if we have an accurate picture. I shared with the leaders yesterday that the church is not a natural organisation. The church is a spiritual people who are birthed in Jesus Christ and who follow Jesus Christ. Can I say into your spirit, it's not enough to be birthed in Jesus Christ. We've got to follow Jesus Christ. That means when he says go, we go. That means when he says stay we stay that says when he says speak we speak that means when we see, he says be quiet we be quiet yeah. I think the church needs the wisdom of God to know when to speak and when to be quiet yeah. hmm, that's a word for someone here today we need to know I was saying to my wife just on Friday when I hearing some things on the news, man. I can easily react in the flesh. I can easily rise up in the flesh and start to attack people and politicians and situations. But God's prompted me, and He there's some things in the world that He hates, but He stirred me and say, Don't react out of your flesh, because then you'll just perpetuate the problem and be another noisy voice in a in a world of many noisy voices. We need to be people that are led by the spirit of the living God and when we hear things we need to respond in the spirit and sometimes it's be quiet go into your closet and start to pray in the spirit the church is a spiritual people birthed in Christ who follow Christ so what does this church that Jesus is coming back for actually look like what does it actually look like I got three points we might get to the second, third, we might not. Some of those that were here yesterday, I told them five things we we're going to talk about. I got to the fourth and then I stopped. They still have no idea what the fifth one was. But if they're in the spirit, they'll work it out. So, um, But the first point that I want to talk about today is the, the bulk of the time. And I want to lean into it. I'm going to give you lots and lots of scriptures. And I want to take you on a journey. I want you to lean on and with me. And here's the first thing I want to say. It's the main thing I want to say here today. And I pray, before we put it up, I pray that you will receive my words from the throne room of God, not from my lips. I pray you will receive the word of the Lord today as a prophetic word for us as the church in the world in 2021. Anyone ready to receive? Throw your hands to heaven right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We need to hear what your spirit's saying. So speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The church that Jesus is coming back for, number one, is victorious. This is what I want to mention today. This is what I want to lean into. The church that Jesus Christ is coming back for is victorious. Everyone shout victorious. Everyone shout it like you've just been victorious. victorious. The word victorious means having won a victory. Hmm. It means triumphant. As we go through, I I, I just feel there's a distinctive because if you read in the book of Revelations, we're going to go there in a minute, in Revelations 2 and 3, um, God commends churches for their good works and their perseverance. And God just hollowed to me this morning back in my room, He said there's a difference between perseverance and being victorious perseverance is you just keep on going but how many people know you can keep on going in the wrong direction sometimes we need to understand that uh, the victorious means you have won a battle you've overcome something and we live in a time where we want no battles where we want no fights I've got good news for you. It's packaged in bad news, but it's actually good news. Go beyond the packaging. There are battles to be fought, but don't focus on the battles to be fought. Focus on the victories to be won. Oh, focus not on the battles to be fought, but on the victories to be won. There is nothing sweeter than victory, but it's on the other side of a battle. And I want to say the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for is victorious. Praise God. As Christians, we want no battles. But as Christians, God wants us to win battles. Did you hear what it said? We want no battles. God wants us to win battles. Let's go to the Word of God. And before we put up the first scripture, I want to talk from Revelation 2 and 3, which I've never preached from before. Those that know your Bible, it's to the seven churches. And it's really a, a, a John on the island of Patmos was in the spirit. And Jesus Christ, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and downloaded a revelation. And it's an end times revelation And again, it's something I haven't spoken on. But if you go through there, you see Jesus introduces himself to the seven churches different ways. He talks about things that he commends them for, says, well done on this, well done on this. And then he talks about things that, but I have this against you. There's some things that need to shift and change. But I want to bring your attention to, and there's different things for each of the seven churches, and we'll look at some of these today. But what I want to do right now is I want to read this two statements only that are repeated to all seven churches. Only two. And that's what I want to lean into today. And in this first part, Revelation 2 verse 7. After Jesus, uh, Jesus downloaded this Revelation to the first church, who he was, what he commended them for, what he has against them, he comes to this in verse 7 of Revelation 2. Whoever has ears, whoever is listening, whoever is leaning in, whoever wants to see and hear, let them hear what? What the Spirit says to the churches. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. That's the first comment that is made to all seven churches. I need you to hear me, church. The most important thing that God wants us to hear right now is to actually hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Because the voices in the world around about us on social media, on media platforms, come on, from other people are so dominant. Come on, the Voices in our heads, in our minds, in our spirit, our emotions. Come on, oppression, anxiety, depression, fear, worry, accusation, guilt, shame. These voices are so strong. But I want to tell you that the church that Jesus is coming back for is a church that actually hears what the Spirit is saying. And we live our life not by all these other voices, including our internal ones, but by what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And then the next comment that is said to all seven churches the only other one is number one you need to hear what the spirit's saying right now the second one is to the one who is victorious Hmm. there is a connection here if you are hearing what the spirit is saying you will be victorious but if you are not hearing what the spirit is saying to the churches you will not be victorious and then what it does is in each of these passages It says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church and to the one who is victorious, the one who overcomes, the one who gains the victory. We're going to look at what we need to gain the victory over in a moment. But then he finishes each verse with an eternal promise. Everyone say eternal promise. Not a natural promise, not a now promise, but an eternal promise. He says, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Anyone want that? That's reserved for those that have ears to hear what the Spirit says and to those that are victorious. Verse 11, this is the second church. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the one who is victorious, he will not be heard. They will not be heard at all by the second death. Verse 17 the third church, it says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And notice the word churches again. Oh, I've got to say this again for those that are in the room, those that are next door, those that are online. I need you to hear this. The word churches here doesn't say he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to you. And it doesn't even say here what the Spirit is saying to the church, as in in this room. It says to the churches. If you go and look in the Greek, it's a plural. It's a gathering together or a coming together. Again, there are some things that God wants to speak in the corporate, that he won't speak in the personal for the sake of accountability, for the sake of the fact that he wants the church to move forward, not just a person, not just an individual to move forward. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna, some of the hidden, fresh, daily bread, anyone want it. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Verse twenty six to twenty nine, the fourth church. Once again, we hear to the one who is victorious and does the will, my will to the end. Come on, the one who is victorious and does my will, not for a short time, not for a not for a long time, not for a good time, not just through the difficult times, but until the end. I will give authority over the nations. The one will rule with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my Father, I will also give that one the morning star. These are eternal promises. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5 and 6, we're up to the fifth church now. To the one who is victorious... I will like them be dressed, they will be dressed in white, purity, holiness, righteousness. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life. But I will acknowledge that name, your name, my name before my father and before his angels. Come on church. This is an eternity. He's going he's gonna to present my name before the Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. Verses 12 and 13 says, The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I'm looking forward to that day. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches and to the last church in verses 21 and 22. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and I sat down with my Father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To all seven churches, before the eternal promise is given, There is two statements. Whoever has ears, I need you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And what I'm about to download to you, says the Lord, is reserved to those who are victorious. Why? I'm coming back for a church who is victorious. So what are the areas that God is calling the church to be victorious in? I'm glad you asked. I'll let you know. We're going to go back to verse 4, and we're going to step through. Before we do, don't put it up here. I just pray the Spirit of God moves powerfully in this next portion of time. This is, this is not just a, okay, just in a, this is what you need to do this week. This is not Steve, Ron, this is not, this is what I want you to do this week. This is the Spirit of God speaking to the church, saying, I'm coming back for a church that is victorious but I need you to be aware that these are the areas that we need to be victorious in and I believe this is a word a prophetic word pastor Jeremy to the church right now verse 4 revelation 2 You need to understand that Jesus has just come and he's commended the first church for their works and their perseverance. The fact that they haven't given up in some things and they've kept on going. They've even been willing to suffer insult for the name of Christ. These are pretty good people. But he comes in verse 4 of Revelation 2 and says, Yet I hold this against you. This is Jesus talking. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. The very first thing to people who are doing work for God, who are persevering in the work for God, the very first thing that God would come by spirit to all of us today and say this, the thing I need you, first of all, to be victorious in is to be victorious against familiarity. Becoming over-familiar with me in your work of even doing the work of the kingdom. Remember when Jesus spoke to people and commanded them and said that you know actually they commended themselves they said well, didn't we cast out demons and we healed the sick and we, we did all these things and we did it in your name but he said but I didn't know you you might have heard this before don't switch off if we switch off it's for you and if you don't switch off it's for you this is for me as much as it's for you Most people don't reject first love, they drift away from first love. We don't reject many times, we drift. We drift. It's unintentional. And I believe the first word of the Lord to us today is to guard against stepping away from first love. The first thing is victorious against familiarity with who God is. Can I hear an amen? The second one is in verse 10. Again, there's commendations to the church. There's cautions to the church. And then we hear the Lord Jesus saying, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. It's gone very quiet in the house today. But you're receiving the word, aren't you? God, I I don't want to be, I want to be victorious over becoming over familiar with you. I I, I want to be victorious over being, Drifting from my first love. God, I want to do that. But I also want to be one who is victorious in suffering. It says, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. How many people are enjoying this word right now? The devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful. Be faithful even to the point of death. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is a lovely word. I appreciate it. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. Hear the word of the Lord. Do not switch off right now and say that's not for us. That's for the third world countries where there's persecution. I prophesy that there is persecution coming to Australia in coming days to the church of Jesus Christ there will be a line drawn in the sand it's not do you say you're a Christian it's not it's it's actually do you believe the truth of what God says in his word or not there is persecution coming to the church you might say that's not good news this is good news because I'm coming to tell you that Jesus is coming back for a church that is victorious and we need to be victorious in suffering we need to be ones that say even though you slay me oh yet will I I praise him as Job said I, and, and it says here to the point of death and I will give you, Jesus says I will give you the victor's crown because he's coming back for victors those that are victorious let me push into the next one which I believe is going to be the primary one where the suffering and persecution is going to come from Revelation 2 14 and 15 nevertheless Again, he's just said, I commend you for all these things. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you, listen to the word of the Lord, my friends. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam. Now, I went into the Greek and all of these things here. Balaam means it is symbolic of a false teacher. And Balaam means perhaps, question, did God say, is that really the truth? Is that really right? Is that really wrong? Are you with me? There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin. I feel the Spirit of God on me bold right now. To entice not the world to sin. This is the Israelites, the people of God. There was Balaam, a a false teacher, who came with questions. His purpose was to entice the people of God to sin. So that they ate food, sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. I'm going to come back to this. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And again, in the Greek, it is a sect who were charged with holding the error of Balaam. And that means destruction of people. We have perhaps and we have destruction of people, but both Balaam and the Nicolaitans were false teachers to cause the people of God to sin and to turn away from righteousness. Are you with me? So this is the third thing that God wants us to be victorious in. It says they were both false teachers and they both caused people to eat food that had been offered to idols and sexual immorality. And when I asked the Lord what this was, he said this, I want you to be victorious against heresy that leads to contamination, food offered to idols, and immorality. The word of the Lord to us today as the church globally is this, to guard against teaching that comes to the people of God. That has the purpose of getting us to step away from the foundation of truth, what God says in His Word. Where it come from the thought of perhaps, maybe it doesn't mean what it says it means. It comes with the thought of there's a, that the intention of the enemy is the destruction of people. It has come under the guise of political correctness and tolerance and everything else, but it is not to actually make people whole and to make people free it is actually the agenda of the enemy for the destruction of people and God is saying I need some people that will be victorious until the end when it comes to these things I will not buy into the lie that the enemy is pushing on the word what God says is true and what God says is not true is not true what God says is sin is sin and what God says is righteous is righteous it is not commonly accepted. It is not politically correct. But I'm saying Jesus Christ is coming back for a church that is victorious to the end. We will not be led astray. The Bible says that the enemy will come to even try to deceive the most elect and spiritual if he could. He comes in, he's called the deceiver of the brethren. Deception is different to a lie. A lie can be easily recognised as a lie I'm wearing red jeans no I'm not you can see that's not the truth but deception is that you when you actually hear a lie and believe that it is the truth And the enemy is coming through false teaching under the guise of his all grace, grace, grace. And it comes and it ends in contamination and immorality in all of its forms. And the word of the Lord to the church right now is I need you to be the church. I need your light to shine. I need light. I don't want gray. I am a God of lights and darkness. And the first thing he did is he separated the darkness darkness from the light and the world is trying to say it's okay, it doesn't matter, it's just a little lie, it's just a little deception, it's just a good witch, it's just, we've got to come back. He's coming back for a church that believes the truth and the truth is found in God's word, not in popular opinion. Now, before we go to the next one, to the seven churches, he says different things. We talked about the familiarity. We talked about in suffering, We talked about the heresy that leads to contamination and sexual immorality. But you need to understand what I'm about to say because God doesn't waste words. Can I hear an amen to that? God never repeats something unless he needs us to get a message. Are you with me? Everything he says is true, but there's a few times he says verily, 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 or verily, truly, I'm going to tell you something. And you think that's a redundant statement. Everything you're saying is the truth. But he sometimes says that because he says what I'm about to say is going to be naturally difficult for you to understand. So I need you to know beforehand I'm telling you the truth. And then sometimes he says things a second time because he goes, this is really important to the seven churches. There is these different things. I've given you three. I'm going to give you the rest. But there is only one thing that he says to two churches that this is what I've got against you. It wasn't the familiarity. It wasn't the suffering. It wasn't some of the other ones. It was this one I just gave you. This is a big deal to God. And this is the big deal in the church in these end times that we live in. Go to verse 20 with me. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. And again, I went into what it says in the Greek, and it says synonymous of a false teacher. Balaam, false teacher. The Nicolaitans, false teacher. Jezebel, false teacher. Listen to what it says. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet, but her teaching, by her teaching, she lists, misleads my servants, not the world. You need to hear what the Spirit is saying. He's mentioned Balaam, the Nicolaitans, and now Jezebel, all. Folks, teachers who want to lead the Israelites into sin, who want to mislead my servants. How? Into sexual immorality and to eating of food sacrificed to idols. You need to understand this is a different church. It's a different example, but it's the same thing. God says, I need you to be victorious against heresy that leads to contamination and immorality. Church, are you hearing what I'm saying? And as we say, but I would never go there. It's little things. It's little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. I have to catch myself, otherwise I go down there. People's stories are compelling and people are stepping away from truth because of compelling stories. We've got to be sensitive to people. We've got to pray for people. We've got to love people. But we must not step away from truth. To the ones who are victorious against heresy, that leads to contamination and immorality. The next one. Are you with me, church? Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. To the angel of the church And Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your deeds. Listen, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of God. I said, God, what are you saying here? He says, I need you to be victorious against hypocrisy and unfinished work. You have a reputation of being alive. That's what everyone says, but you're actually dead. You say one thing, you portray one image, but that's not who you are. God says, I need you to be victorious about having a split life, a secret life and a public life. Come on, church about saying one thing and living a different thing. I need you to be congruent with the truth. I need you to be congruent with the Word. And you need to hear, I pray the Spirit is speaking to all of us. He's saying constantly, I need you to be victorious in this. Why? Because there is going to be a pull away. There's going to be a a pull on our hearts, the slide on our hearts. We need to be aware that God is looking for a people Who guard against and who are victorious over hypocrisy. How many people know that one of the greatest arguments against the church by the world is hypocrisy? You say this, but I see the way you live. And in the end time church, Jesus I'm coming back for a church that's victorious, that refuses to live a life different in the private than they do in the public. Come on. But the the last thing in there was, I have found your deeds unfinished. What deeds? These are the good deeds that God has given them to do. They're unfinished in the sight of my God. Jesus said in John 17 verse 4, I have brought you, sorry, verse 3, I have brought you honor because I finished the work that you gave me to do. Many in the church have run well for a certain period of time, but they step back from the gift, step back from the calling, step back from reaching out, step back from praying, step back from interceding, step back from evangelizing and sharing the faith. We have stepped back maybe into the complacency. And God says, I'm coming back for a church that is victorious, not only against being hypocritical, but also victorious against stepping away. Put your hand to the power. Don't look back, come on, don't step back. Finish the work. The apostle Paul says, I finished the race. I finished what you gave me to do. Verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. God says, I'm coming back for a church that is victorious to the end and victorious against being lukewarm. This is a, this is a perversion of truth, a pervasive thread that can weave its way through the church that is okay to be saved. And that's about it. We have created a middle ground where there is no middle ground. We've created a grey where there is no grey. Jesus says these sort of statements. You're for me or you're against me. Oh, I'm not really against you, but I, no, I, I, but I'm, maybe I'm not for you, but I, I'm not really against you. No, Jesus said these are the two. You're in me or you're not in me. And there's a holy call for the church being saved. Saying a sinner's prayer is not God's greatest intention for your life as an end goal. Becoming saved is the starting point on an incredible faith journey of the supernatural and the miraculous intervention and power of God. There is a lost world that needs to see a living church. Come on. There is a lost world that needs to see a living church. There is a lost and dying world that needs an encounter with a Christian who is not saved but who is sanctified and holy and is powering forward in the things of the Spirit. And when they go through suffering, they, like Paul in prison, rejoice in the Lord always. We need some people that are not that are not lukewarm, but a heart. Jesus says, I'm coming back for those people. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number one, and it's the main thing I came to say, is that Jesus Christ is coming back for a church who's victorious. Victorious against becoming over-familiar Victorious in suffering. Victorious against the heresy that leads to contamination and immorality. Ones who are victorious against hypocrisy and unfinished work. And ones who are victorious against being lukewarm. Do you receive the word of the Lord? Two more things real quickly. The second thing is the church that Jesus is coming back for is pure. Pure. The church is victorious, but the church is pure. Everyone say pure. pure. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives. There's a word right there. They'll preach well. Not how you think they want to be loved or how you want to love them, but just as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her. Listen, He. this is talking about Jesus and the church. He gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing, with water, through the word. David so masterfully brought that in communion. Come on, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word. The washing comes not through the acceptance of the world's standards, but it comes through the washing of the water by the word. Come on, transform by the renewing of your mind. Come on, meditate on my word day and night. Come on, hide my word in your heart so that you will not sin against me. The people that will be standing acceptable to God on the day that he comes again were the people that live according to his word. And as a result, they are pure. They are holy. It goes on and says, um, and to present her, the church, to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is who Jesus Christ is coming back for. Can I hear someone shout, amen? Amen? And the final one on this, the third point is the church that Jesus is coming back for is like Jesus. The church that Jesus is coming back for is victorious. The church that Jesus is coming back for is pure. And the church that Jesus is coming back for is like Christ. Ephesians 4 11 to 13 says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip, which means to furnish and to repair to place in and to repair where needed God's people for the works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. How many people know the reason God gives gifts is to build people up, not to win arguments. Can I hear an amen? To build the body of Christ up, to build the the church up uh, until we all reach unity in the faith. Listen to me, church, not unity on issues. Not uniformity on issues and opinions, but unity in the faith, an unshakable conviction of who God is. And unity in our knowledge of the Son of God. You want unity? Get it in a confident trust in who God is because you actually know who God is. Hmm. And become mature. We need a mature church. Jesus is coming back from a church and then the last line attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ how many people say we've got a little ways to go come on this is what it says I'm coming back for a church that is fully like me the world will be transformed when the church is like Jesus Christ we don't need people feeling comfortable around Christians as in my life is fine, nothing needs to change. There should be a Holy Ghost conviction that leads them to repentance and eternal life because they see that our light is actually not under a bushel but is on a hill and we are soaked. We are the fragrance of Jesus Christ. That Jesus was not one who was weak. He was not one who was compromising. He did not f- fly below the radar he came with grace and he came with truth, and people's lives were changed. And we are called to be like Jesus Christ. One John four seventeen. My last scripture here. This is how love is made complete among us. How many people want God's love made complete among us? How many people want God's love made complete among us? I do. This is how. His love, God's love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence. Listen, church, listen, church, on the day of judgment when Jesus Christ comes again, Revelation 2 and 3, this is how we'll have our confidence that in this world now we are like Jesus. Don't compare yourself to another Christian. Don't say at least I'm not doing that. At least I'm not like that. Our comparison can only be one person and that is Jesus Christ. And when I compare myself to Jesus, I've still got a ways to go. I don't feel disappointed or disillusioned by that. I don't give up. But as the Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I'm going to press on to take hold of him who Did so much for me. I want to take hold of everything that Jesus Christ has done for me. I do not want to stop short, church. I do not want to give up before the end, and I do not want to limp across the line in defeat. I want to walk into the pearly gates. I want to walk into the eternal realm victorious and pure and like Jesus Christ, because this is the church that Jesus is coming back for. It's time for a mindset shift from a nice community church to a dangerous, transformational church. Every eye closed in this place right now. In June last year, God started downloading stuff to me about the church. And he gave me 15 statements. I'm going to read them to you just quickly. And this is the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for but this is a church he sees now. And I am just giving everyone in this room and everyone next door and everyone online, everyone was watching um, now or later on to cross a line today. And if this is you and you say, yes, this is what I want, when I finish number 15, if it's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to lift your hands to heaven, and we're just going to seal it in the spirit. Is this okay? Amen? The church that Jesus is coming back for, who He has called us to be now. Number one, we are called to be kings and priests. Number two, we are called to fear the Lord, but to not live afraid. We need a revelation of this church. We are called to be so beautiful that God is clearly seen. Number four, we are called to be consecrated, covenantal, sacrificial people. Number five, we are called to be victorious until the end. Number six, we are called to be people of prayer. Seven, we are called to have a spiritual, creative, transformative voice. That is a word for you, church. We are called to have a spiritual, creative, transformative voice. Number eight, we are called to be vessels of justice. Number nine, we are called to set the standard for morality. Number 10, we are called to have no idols in our lives. Number 11, we are called to be aware but not afraid of the devil's schemes. Number 12, we are called to be intolerant of evil. Number 13, we are called to fight spiritually from a seated position of delegated authority. Number 14, we are called to proclaim the gospel of God's kingdom to the world. And number 15, we are called to live in God's original design Pattern and plan. If you want to say, I'm count me in, stand to your feet right now. Spirit of God, move in this place. Oh, come on. This is not a time for some nice little token prayer. Bless me. This is the time, says the Lord, to step across the line. Some of us have been sitting in a seat of comfort and complacency. And God says, man and woman of God, it's time to rise up and to sit on a throne, ruling with a scepter of righteousness and judgment, of love and of purity, says the Lord. For some of us, we are continually giving up. God says, I'm calling you to be victorious to the end. Some of us in this room, we are listening to the voice of the world, our opinions and our standards, and our life creed has been dictated to us by a fallen, World that needs a Savior. And I'm calling you, man and woman of God, to say I'm coming back to the Word of God. I'm coming back to the truth of what God says in His world. And if God calls something sin, then it is sin. If God calls something holy, then it is holy. Be holy, even as I am holy, says the Lord your God. Bible says hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. You say I don't want to do, I don't want to hate people. I'm not saying hate people. God loved the world, the lost, the dying, the sin is so much that he sent his son. Don't confuse hating sin. And hating sinners, they are not the same. And people have twisted this and say, that's just a cliche. It is the truth of God's Word. My love compels me to know what the Word says and to speak the truth. But it is God's will that none should perish. God's will that none should perish. God's will that none should perish. He loves the world, but He is not saving them and calling them. Just out of one form of slavery into another form of slavery that is packaged in some perverted sense of grace and love. He's calling them out of slavery into freedom. He's calling them out of death into life. He's calling them out of darkness into light. God Almighty doesn't want to come and add to your life and bless your life. He wants to be your life. If the Spirit of God is stirring you today, I want you to lift your hands high to heaven. I want the Spirit of God to move. I want to pray for those who want to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I want to pray for Spirit. This- People who say, God, I need to hear what you're saying. I need to hear what you're saying tomorrow morning. I need to hear what you're saying in my family. I need to hear what you're saying in my business. I need to know what you're saying in the church. I need to know what you're saying in in, in my health. I need to know what you're saying in my standards and my morals and the way I think. I need to hear what you're saying in my emotions and my I need to hear what your spirit is saying. And as a result, I want to pray for those who want to be victorious until the end. I want to pray for those who want to be pure and those. Those that want to be like Jesus in this world. If that's you. I want you to say out of your mouth so that the Spirit of God can you hear and the demons of hell can hear. I want to be ready, Lord. Say it again. I don't think the demons could hear you. I want to be ready, Lord. I commit to be ready, Lord. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray the Spirit of God We'll seal this word, this word to the churches that you are calling us to be victorious, and we say yes, Lord. To the churches that God is calling us to be pure, and we say yes, Lord. To the churches that are called to be like Jesus, and we say yes, Lord. Spirit of the living God, move in this place right now. Right now, sumbara bakiti andu rabasikena. Spirit of God flow, Spirit of God flow. Shoko brasa ti andarabukumbrasila brianu. Sandataka rabukumbrasakana. Spirit of the Living God, Spirit of the Living God, we yield to you. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. As a church, generations church, Lord. We have a mindset shift right now from a nice community church to a dangerous transformative church. Oh, the gates of hell will not prevail in this region anymore, says the Lord, your God. Spirit of the living God, saturate this region, saturate this state, this nation, in Jesus' name, ask me, says the Lord, I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth is your possession. We ask for this region and we claim it for the kingdom and the glory of Jesus Christ. We speak against domestic violence we speak against addictions we speak against perversions we speak against complacency we speak against the spirit of inferiority that would say i am not that i am not good enough and we break the power of the enemy over this region and we declare the spirit of god to touch every home in jesus name Lord, we declare prosperity over this region, over every business that it will flourish as we come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, we release a wave of salvation. We release a wave of salvation, come on church. We release a wave of salvation. We call people out of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light. We call the prodigals home in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, right now we pray for those in the occult, Lord, those in Satanism, those that are in new age, we call them out. Lord, we right now expose the lie of the enemy and we pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation would reveal truth that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth and the only life in Jesus' mighty powerful name. We are done playing games and having nice church God. We are a voice that is transformative and creative and powerful. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. In this world we are like Jesus and we believe what you have declared about us. No more will we get up in the morning looking at ourselves, saying, I wish I was. I wish I hadn't done. We will wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Today you are in me, and we are more than conquerors. And today we're going to extend the kingdom of God. We're going to be a blessing. We're going to bring light and life and hope and joy and peace in Jesus' name. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify you, Father. We honor you, Holy Spirit. The church is a spiritual people birthed in Christ, who follow Christ. And we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.